1: in that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to I Don't Know About That, silent podcast coverage of Survivor 42. Today, we are going to be covering episode nine, which I believe is a bit of a game changer for how we discuss identity in our favorite show. I'm your host, Gia Worthy, and tonight I am joined by an elite panel of silent podcasters to discuss this incredibly important episode. Our first guest is a proud Black spokeswoman who advocates for Black issues in Canada. Her other passions include all things reality TV, as you can learn about while she is currently covering Big Brother Canada. We are honored to have Josie in our presence tonight. Hi, Josie. Thank you Hi, so much Gia. for coming. Oh, my God. This is was great. I have to say, uh, this was partially brought on because you said directly that you would love to discuss this episode. And I am so grateful that you did because this is how we got this group together. And I think Mm -hmm. for an episode that I believe is vital to what Silent Podcast does as a foundation, as a unit, Like, this Mm -hmm. is a great time for us to get together and discuss important issues like this, especially in what unites us, our love of reality TV.
5: Mm -hmm. No, yeah. Thank you, first of all, for having all of us. I appreciate it, especially since I just messaged randomly. I was like, hey, (laughs) who covers Survivor? Uh, But yeah, I'm really excited. I think this uh, episode talked about a lot of different things like aside from even the important conversations even the gameplay and what i see to come also is very exciting obviously i love reality tv so i love having these conversations and so i'm excited to dive into the gameplay but also the importance of um you know identity and diversity within um games such as survivor so thank you again and i'm really excited to talk to all of you amazing people so yeah
2: you're very welcome and also thank you again. I feel like I'm not going to thank you enough, so I'm not going to thank any of you enough because you're all great. That's just what's going to happen and you're all going to deal with it and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we are also joined by a Louisiana Louisiana native. I'm so sorry. I spelled Louisiana wrong when I was typing out these notes too. So we are joined by a Louisiana native and reality TV guru, which is patent pending everyone, when he isn't traveling as an international flight attendant, you can find him talking all things reality TV and more with silent podcasts. Who else could it be other than our very own Lance Richard? Hello, Lance.
1: Hey, hey, Gia. I just want to say thank you so much for having me. I literally, Survivor is one of my favorite shows. And you can ask Isaiah, I was supposed to slide your DMs episodes ago to be a part of it. And what <laughs> better way for me to be? a part of it then to be here for this very important episode. I feel like this episode, uh, aside from, you know, the hot stuff that we're going to talk about, like this was a really good episode. It really showed, it really projected people's trajectory and how they possibly have finish off this game. Because I feel like this has mm-hmm. been a season where going into the merge, I had a question mark about who could actually win this game and who I would be proud mm-hmm. to say won this game. And I, it's getting to the point now where we're, we're going to be at final eight after this episode, and it's going to be fun to see people's finish line.
2: I'm really glad you brought that up because I have a lot of different feelings about Survivor 42's edit and how mm-hmm. they're they might be hinting on different wins but or different pathways for players potential wins but I feel like it's a little more of a mystery than what we got in Survivor 41 so I'm really excited to discuss the really like the nitty gritty with all of you about kind of like what what our opinions are about the current state of like our, the different contestants winning chances. But I'm very happy to have you and that we're going to be able to discuss this. I'm glad that you slid into my DMs at the right time. So thank you very much for that. And I'm going to ask all your opinions on the current season and Survivor as a whole in a bit. But before we do that, we have our last guest. Who is known to be a man of many accolades? He's a rapper, a Twitch streamer, and of course, a podcaster. But perhaps most importantly, he's the reason we're all here together, as he is the creator of Silent Podcasts. The boss man himself—it's Isaiah.
4: Hey, what's up? What's going on, Gia? Hello. Um, you know, it's been a—it's been a while. I don't think we've even podcasted together yet, Gia. Have we?
2: I don't believe so. We've done the yeah. uh it's not a podcast, but we've done the uh the watch parties for like yeah. for Canada and Survivor. Yeah. yeah. But other than yeah. that, that's the that's just a lot of a lot of shenanigans. So
4: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean we've been meaning a podcast for a while, so I'm glad to be here. Um, you know, uh specifically over here at Silent Podcast, like I'm usually um in the host and seat and it's not many times yeah. I'm in the in the panelists. So, you know, I'm excited to see how this goes, but um, you know, I mean, I'm just excited to talk about this episode, a lot of good conversations, um, a lot of good insights over the week. I know um shout out to like Bryce Isaiah and Wendell's podcast. They, they uh put out a lot of good insights and everything. So, um yeah, I'm I'm just ready to get started and I'm you know, I'm, I'm excited to see how you how you do this.
2: Thank you. I'm very excited. I feel like this is actually I'm pretty sure this is my first time podcasting with all of you, but this is a really great episode to be our first podcast together so this is quite a treat for me before we get into Survivor 42 I kind of am curious you know what are who are your favorite Survivor players I talk a lot about how you know like my connection to the show I grew up with Survivor Survivor Fiji in particular means a lot to me and a couple other Survivor players uh, outside of Fiji and that kind of was important to me and uh how I grew up but I'm very curious we've had a lot of different survivor experiences um with our guests throughout um the time that I don't know about that has been a show but what are your respective survivor journeys and do you have any standout favorites over this over 40 season uh franchise I know that feels like I'm asking for a lot and I
0: kind of am (laughs)
4: no you're good i mean i i can start it off um i mean i'm primarily like a big brother fan so i i got around i got into survivor around um whatever season caramon that's uh the one cochran one and i kind of stuck around since then had a really good time with it you know um i'm I'm i was a big jeremy collins fan um i really liked wendell uh i really did enjoy tasha i enjoyed um uh natalie I, there's a there's a lot of people who i just enjoyed watching over the years and it's just been a really fun time and, and this season specifically um in comparison in comparison to last season um with you know post-covid and everything this was definitely the more upbeat season a lot more going on so i you know i'm i'm really having a fun time with it uh i can say this season alone like the people who i've been like rooting for like usual like all the black people so like uh Roxway uh Chanel unfortunately they're out but uh Mary Andrea I, I would love to see them succeed um yeah I mean that- that's about it you know I yeah I-, I have my opinions of who I think is gonna win but I'll mm-hmm. save that for for a little bit later but uh, yes that's it for me
2: honestly the fact that Kara Mullen was your first season and you stuck around after that is quite impressive so a yeah. true Survivor fan there
4: <laughs> halfway at that i was like oh do i really want to watch this <laughs>
2: it got bet, it got up it went upward from there but yeah it's a hard season to start with i got very lucky and started with vanuatu which i think is just overall a very fun season yeah <laughs> yeah and uh also we had some vanuatu elite like scout cloud lee and eliza orleans comment on this episode so what a great you know what a great full circle moment with that But uh, Lance,
1: what about your Survivor journey? Yeah, my Survivor journey is probably a little bit more different. I was one of those kids when most kids were sitting there watching cartoons at six and seven. (laughs) May of 2000, I was sitting there watching reality TV and watching Survivor premiere for the very first time, not realizing what was going on. And I fell in love watching Richard Hatch, watching the relationships with Sue Hawk, and even seeing the first ever like Black players like Ramona and Jervis really made me be like, okay, I can see myself doing this. And as I got older, I just fell in love with it more and more, seeing the development of different people play the game and how people adapted their different strategies. And I'm someone who's able to analyze like old school survivor and mm-hmm. new school survivor. And it's just been really fun for me to dive in. Like some of my favorite players are Of course, you got, like, the Jeremy Collins, the windows. But one of my favorite players um, is Tyson. I also feel like my survivor spirit animal is Davey with a little bit of Deshaun because I wear my emotions on my sleeve. And if a girl was reincarnated into who I am as I play Survivor, it would be Michaela Bradshaw because I'm going to speak my mind and say what I want, and it probably will bite me in the butt and cause me to be voted out. But that's just me through and through. And seeing Deshaun play the game and, like, really – Mm-hmm. speak on his emotions of how like hey I'm able to speak my emotions like that let me be me just made me realize like Lance it's gonna happen one day like I personally my one of my lifelong dreams bucket list items is to play the game of survivor be in Fiji or whatever the season may be and to play and seeing all these different people especially the ones that look like me and come from the same backgrounds as me play the game makes me yearn for it even more and then even having like degrees of separation with like some of my friends playing like bryce isaiah and chanel this season it's like really it just makes me realize how tangible it is and um yeah my survivor love has been from the very beginning may of 2000 and it's just been fun to to watch the trajectory
2: lance i'm going to propose something to you and i'm going to (laughs) see see how you think uh what your thoughts are on this do you think you could be the first? messy black player to win survivor because i feel like you know like you want to you say you want to you know be you you want to like you're going to wear your emotions on your sleeve you're going to be like you know calling people out you might get voted out for it but like mm-hmm. I, that doesn't really seem to be the mo for our black survivor winners i'm wondering do you think you could do it
1: i i know i could do it but because let me give you a little insight Yes. Practice makes perfect, and they have a whole community outside of actual Survivor where they play. It's called LRGs, Live Reality Games, and I've played Survivor games and I played Big Brother games, and I implemented those strategies. It's like I know that I could, I know when to say it and when to shut up, but at the same time, I know to be unauthentically me. Like I participated in a series called Survivor Real for season four, mm-hmm. only black person on the cast, and was able to be the first ever unanimous winner of that series. Yes. Oh. So, Get out there like fans of Survivor. If you want to, you know, dip your toe in it, into it before you ever step foot on that island, look out for the live reality gaming community. Mm-hmm. It will get you, you know, get your feet wet and show you how you will play the game so you can make those mistakes now instead of making those mistakes when a million dollars is on the line.
2: Yes, I <laughs> love it. I would love to see you play Survivor. Please send us over any links that you have if you playing like, playing live reality games because I would watch every second of it. And uh, yeah, um, any petition that I need to sign to get Lance onto uh, Survivor 40, 45, 46, I will Start sign it. immediately. Start yes.
1: it, y'all. Start, Start
2: it. Get all boy there the <laughs> I'm all for it. And yeah, let's make history, guys. Let's make history happen. I'm very excited. Yeah all right um then Josie what about you what is your survivor journey
5: um I'm kind of similar to I feel like my story is a mix of both Lance and Isaiah I started watching Big Brother but I watched it really young like at the Mm -hmm. age of like 10 I started watching Big Brother so while everyone else was watching cartoons you know I was I was going to the Disney channel once it was 8 p.m I would tune in and watch my shows. so um I was a really big uh Big Brother fan um and so I was looking for a show that was similar to it. And I just stumbled across um, Survivor. And so I've been watching it ever since. I believe my first season was Philippines, but I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, But once I watched Philippines, like every other show that I fall in love with, that's reality TV, I watch all the seasons. So Mm -hmm. I pretty much just went back and watched all of the Survivor seasons that I could um and i've been active ever since and yeah i've i just have such a passion for reality competition shows in mm-hmm. general but when you involve you know um the social the competitive the strategy side to it it just makes to me like makes me believe like it's a great show so mm-hmm. i've definitely fallen in love with survivor and it is one of my favorite shows um alongside big brother
2: yeah. Do you have any standouts that of like players past that are particular favorites of yours for any reason?
5: Oh, okay. So for I think um correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Malcolm's first season was Philippines. Yes. So immediately I was like, hmm, Malcolm. I kind of love you. Of course. Right. Of course you would
1: say Malcolm.
5: <laughs> okay, but but then like aside from like me having a little crush on Malcolm, we can pass it um I really fell in love with uh Siri. um mm-hmm. her story and how she get on like I I love to be social and like talk with people but you ask me to fire make you know step out of my house I step out of the city you will never catch me there I don't even go camping so to see someone who's similar to me in that sense play the game and play it so well. And it's unfortunate that she's never won, but the fact that she's done the game several times and makes it to the end and just gets robbed by some unfortunate events.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
5: I think that she's a great player and she's one of the best players to ever play. Um, obviously, Sandra D- uh, Diaz, uh, Queen, stay winning. Yes. But um, yeah, I like the Jeremy Collins too. I um, I also liked Ozzy back in the day, like his, one of his seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, any black player and any Canadian player, our Canadian players are starting to pull out wins. They
2: are serving
5: um,
2: for those that don't know, uh, Omer, uh, Drea, and Marianne are all Cana- Canadian. Are Canadian players for this season. I'm not sure if there were any of the earlier outs um, that were Canadian, but they are all killing it. We will get into that. And I'm so happy. First of all, I'm happy you mentioned Suri and Sandra, because as a rule, we can't go an episode of this podcast without mentioning both of them as they are. As we should. As we should. Uh, If there's (laughs) one thing we will never do, it's forgive production for screwing over Suri multiple times. So So true. You know, exactly.
5: But (laughs) also you just like
2: unlocked a memory for me about, you know, where where other kids are watching cartoons or like going to bed at like eight, nine o'clock it's we're getting to stay up and watch like our favorite reality TV shows. And in the summer it's big brother. Oh my God. For the, this is an audio podcast. So people can't see, but Lance uh, just showed a beautiful picture of himself and Sandra on his phone. And I'm a little jealous. I'm
1: so jealous. I'm in awe. That was the old one. I know the the listeners can't see it, but I'm also trying to find the most recent one.
2: You've met her multiple times.
1: Multiple times. She's my queen. I love Survivor. So like, oh my like,
2: god, yeah. <laughs> it's, The fact that I have not met her once yet is just—it's upset. It's my—it's my, it's my fatal flaw. My one like, <laughs> the con about me as a human.
5: We'll manifest it for you. You know, Thanks, we're manifesting yeah. Lance on Survivor and we're manifesting you meeting Sandra.
2: Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, oh that's a really good picture, too. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Um, Sandra's got to endorse. Next time you meet her, you got to get an endorsement from her. Is that oh. Natalie Cole?
1: Yes. Oh my! I got so gosh. many. We'll, we'll talk about it after
2: because oh I
1: know that the, pod- the listener. We need a podcast. We need
2: a podcast to just talk about all the Survivor players that Lance has <laughs> met because I want to hear every story. Gotcha. But so you did, yeah. But you all kind of unlocked a memory for me about like wake, like staying up and watching my favorite reality shows when other kids were watching like Disney or cartoons and things like that. And I do love my cartoons, but. I was, like, uh, for, like, the 10, 11, 12-year-old, like, obsessed with, like, what was happening in the latest reality TV competition show in particular. So that was kind of, like, my jam. And I feel like that's a very specific niche of uh, growing up experience that not a lot of people outside of this community can fully understand, kind of. I want to, I'll say, like, the magic behind it. And I'm really glad, Lance, that you mentioned Borneo as well, because uh, I did a thread earlier this week at the end of the episode, basically kind of highlighting the different Black alliances and partnerships that have happened throughout the 40 plus seasons of Survivor. And obviously, I probably missed a few, but the first was Jervis and Ramona. And I think that they are even with that first season, it's really important to recognize how far we've come in the fact that the Survivor Diversity Campaign and the the new diversity initiatives that we are getting from this from this um pot uh from these new seasons are the work of these black players that really only had each other in a lot of these instances, or only had one other player or if any players to really understand what it's like to be one of the few black players in their season. And I, I don't say it enough, but it, it needs to be recognized more that like where we are today is because of these black players and often some of the harsh realities that they had to face being putting themselves out there as part of the show. So always give my props to the black players that came before us and the fact that we get episodes like this is because of them and i'm very honored that to be talking with all of you about this season and very happy that we have such a rich knowledge between the four of us about survivor and their black player so i'm very excited to move forward with this with survivor 42 what are your thoughts on it what are we how do we feel about survivor 42 so far what are our general thoughts about everything this season there's going to be a lot of direct comparisons to 41 because the formats are so similar there are the two seasons with the diversity initiatives at play so i'm sure they're going to be some comparisons but how are we feeling about it
4: yeah i mean with me i can i can easily say that uh i I said a little bit earlier but like i'm really enjoying how hard this this cast is willing to play um i would say if, if you look at survivor 41 um wait are we yeah more 42 yeah if you look at survivor 41 um that cast equally played hard but the the thing with them is that um it was a lot more people who were like behind the scenes uh if you want to call it that and you know you had a few people like your chantels and your ricards um and, and people like that who are willing to be more out there but um if you look at this cast um a lot more players here uh i feel like shan and ricard and all those people would actually thrive a lot more over here because this is full of uh, a lot more extroverted players more in your face right up front um not many back behind the scenes and the ones who kind of were behind the scenes kind of went out a little early i mean even chanel if you look at her she was definitely one of those behind the scenes players so um it's interesting uh just to see like the difference when they put the players in cast and just to see like the outcomes um i i'm i'm really in like there's a lot i'm not even going to say there's like a, a certain people in charge like it's a lot of back and forth like the people who do get to the top they kind of fall from grace very quickly um so i i'm very curious to see how it ends like i said i have a a suspicion of what direction is going to go in but um it's been very interesting to watch and it's keeping me coming back every week
1: yeah kind of like for me like um, I would have to agree with disagree, agree with Isaiah to a point, but disagree to a point that, like, I think Shannon and Ricard would have got eight up this season because they would have tried to control too much. And it probably would have honestly, you know, rubbed people the wrong way. Look how they took, you know, how they don't like rocks talking to them a certain way or things of that nature. As soon as someone feels like they're too much in control or running it, and we know Sham basically – based on last season was basically the female rocks Like she wanted things her way or the highway. And I think it would have been a demise for her. She wouldn't have made it as deep. But um I will say this season has definitely kept me more on my toes. 42, this cast had so many likable people that it was easy for me to gain multiple favorites where like, if someone goes home I still have a couple other people to cheer for. And even up into this final eight scenario after this episode, I'm really, 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 really loving a lot of people in the game, as well as a lot of people that's out. Um, it's been a whirlwind. I've enjoyed it. I love, you know, it was certain parts in the beginning, that I was like, oh, child, they 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 giving Tori this type of edit, are they making, you know, I was so scared that it was gonna have Drea edited as, you know, a very like stern, you know, you know, passive aggressive woman, kind of like Alicia Calloway, because Alicia Calloway was one of one woman that I, like, idolized in Survivor. I, that was, like, my first Survivor crush. And I felt that they was almost going to paint Dre in that same way, like, strong and stuff like that. Um, this season has kept me on my toes, and it kept me wanting to like a lot of people. I've been loving the gameplay, and you've been seeing bits and pieces of different people get their star moments. Like, now it's Omar's time to shine. When we had the high shine, punk point we had the mics we had we had moments where like you know dre was survivor rich we had people have their moments and of course we have seen marianne thrive throughout this season seeing her most aggravated moments to her most like loving moments that make you want to just tear up and cry so i've been enjoying this season and it's so many people i'm rooting for and i can't wait to talk about who like i think gonna take home the crown this year
5: Mm -hmm. um i am kind of like on a similar boat i think what's really interesting about this season in particular is that like From where we are now to the beginning, I feel like it's always been exciting. You know, like, sometimes um, gameplay can be a little slow or predictable. And, like, I believe Jenny, who was, like, our our fourth boot, I think went to, like, almost rocks, like, to that point. It's always been exciting. It's always been, like, what's going to happen next? And I do think that a lot of the players this season, I see myself – and a lot of different people for once, I feel like you kind of see one person and you're like, oh, that's the person that the token person or the person, like if I got casted, this would be my archetype. But this season I've related to several different people. I've related to Lydia. I've related to Miriam, Drea, like all these different players, um, even like Omar and stuff like that. And seeing these players be, so into the game like I feel like I understand a lot of people's perspective and I like that there's a fight for power I feel like last time it was kind of like we're gonna let these people walk all over us or maybe it was even a part of the edit fault um whereas this season I don't feel that way I feel like anyone and everyone can have a chance of winning um and we haven't seen like a predictable thing I think we'll talk about this a little bit later but I assumed during merch that Jonathan was gonna win everything coming into it and Tori came in and just kept winning so you know it's very unpredictable there's been new twists um that like the red hand or um the first competition when they all had to get dirty and put blood and look a <laughs> mess like all of those fun elements that make the game entertaining and new and fresh and that's why Survivor's also been here this whole time it's been 22 years you know so the fact that it's fun and fresh and i see myself and more people and i'm really into the gameplay and the everything in between i'm yeah 42 is becoming uh easily like this last episode was my favorite episode probably ever and it could easily be one of my top seasons for sure depending on who wins
2: i'm really excited to see how this end game uh falls out you know see how how everything accumulates and i'm really glad that we're getting into seeing kind of what how hard everyone's worked and whether that's going to pay off or whether it's going to blow up right in their faces i think for this season almost like it feels like we had a more calculated cast in 41 which is why we got a lot more subtle moves a lot of players didn't do shot in the dark um but whereas this season it feels like the cast really is not afraid to just go for it whether it screws up their game or it makes it help them all for the better I really enjoy that it makes for a much messier season in terms of their strategic decisions, uh their strategic decisions but it is more entertaining to the audience you know it's not don't have to rely on subtlety as much to kind of connect all the pieces but I'm loving it I think it's excellent And honestly, we get our first piece of, uh, messiness in the, of the episode in this, like the very first few minutes of this season, because we have Romeo coming back from camp pretending everything's fine. He understands that he got votes and there's no ill will cut right to confessional. He's like, I fucking hate these people. And like, honestly, Romeo, I feel you. I'm sure this man is exhausted he does not want to be around these people. It's so clear he's on the outs at this point. And I felt his frustration through the camera. But there wasn't, that wasn't the only piece of drama from this segment because High is pissed at the fact that he got a vote thrown his way. And we find out that the reason is because High wanted a perfect game. He didn't want to get any votes cast against him. And Romeo voted for him specifically because he knew it would piss him off. That he had a vote cast against him. I love it. I'm obsessed with this. And it worked because High is clearly pissed off about the fact that Romeo voted for him. It makes a big deal about it at camp. Will this blow up in High's face? And. How incredible was this? Does everyone else love
5: this moment as much as I did? Um, I watch reality TV to see the mess. I don't like yes. mess in my life, but I love <laughs> mess. And I love seeing the girls get into it. Like, I just love <laughs> it. The kings <games> are fighting. <laughs>
1: it's like,
5: for me, it was, like, really enjoyable. I do think that, you know, Romeo has a little bit more of a right to be upset. But the way he went about, I think, was way better than what Hyde did. I do think that what Hyde did is going to put him in some hot water. Obviously, we're going to talk about the rest of the like, episode and like what happened. But I really don't think Hyde is in a really good position already. He set himself up not well in the beginning of the episode. And I think at the end of the episode, he didn't set himself well at all. So I do think that it's uh, trouble for Hyde in the future. But yeah, like you have to adapt to the game. Like you want something well guess what odds are it's not gonna happen you know you never know what the game of survivor what's gonna happen so yeah i understand wanting a perfect um no votes against you but what are the odds of that you this survivor knowing the fact that they haven't seen 41 and this is a new age of survivor you don't know what you're gonna get so I don't want to say manage your expectations, but, like, manage your expectations. Um, you have to adapt and you have to move forward. So don't blow up on camp because you got one vote. You were not at risk for going home. And, you know, you have to deal with your consequences at the end of the day. So if you vote Romeo, he has every right to vote you. Tip for top.
1: Yeah, like... I, it, it immediately made me think about like O.A. Survivor because I don't know if many of y'all watched back then or even like went back and realized it. But the the way tiebreakers are chosen is if you have a certain amount of vote, like whoever has the most amount of votes cast against them in the tie goes home. So I'm like, hi, this is not, you know, Jeff did say drop drop the two, make it whatever, drop the four, make it two. But this is not O.A. Survivor where you're going to go home because you got to vote cast against you. He's adding that added paranoia where now people's gonna realize, oh, we know how to get high, frustrated. We know how to get him flustered. Let's throw some votes on him, even if he doesn't go home because he's so worried about that perfect, squeaky, clean record. At the end of the day, I wouldn't care if I got votes cast against me. I'm here. I'm like, at the end of the day, not so, he knew exactly who threw the vote. So why does it hurt you so freaking much? Like, I just really l- commended Romeo for you know, it's so hard knowing you're on the bottom. It's hard knowing you're on the bottom, knowing that it just took a flip of a coin for them to choose Chanel or me and for me to be there. Yeah, to their face, I'm going to choose the high road. But now it's time. Now I think Romeo needs to find his footing and find his ground and start looking at everyone else who's um the outlier players and maybe formulate something because Romeo has so much potential. But I feel like so many bad things have happened to him. Like, some of his closest allies like drea like when merch happened just threw him to the wayside and stuff like that where he was like his whole package was like his piece was about drea and how he loves working with like strong women etc only for that strong woman to like throw him to the wayside so i feel like i have such a soft spot for romeo in the game and i, I just really commend him how he's handling it talk your shit in the confessional play coy to the face period
4: these people are so fake to each other okay like um honestly it's time for them to to exit that kumbaya uh survivor mindset in my opinion it's time to play all right like i love romeo um i but i think that he got the wake-up call he needed um you know it's like high you know i think that he felt really burnt you know like hell scurned I mean, let hell scorn. I forget what the the freaking saying is, but he. I mean, he got you know he got what he needed, and I think this is finally Romeo's time to like. I feel like he needs to start playing like. Uh, uh, I don't know what to call. I'm not a snakeish game, but like uh, offense. Yeah, there you go. Like mm. you're gonna just have to hop. You're gonna have to kiss him ass. You gotta do what you gotta do at this point because um, it's it's it, what he did. I guess he was trying to take a precautionary off. Uh, Like move just to like oh Venado's played maybe he'll go or maybe he was just trying to cause some chaos I don't really know why he did what he did but it's like um you know every move is gonna have a consequence and I think that he's gonna learn that the hard way so I don't know where Romeo needs to pivot and who he needs to work with but he's gonna have to figure that out quickly
1: or uh, he's gonna be gone if anything people's gonna be against high before Romeo I feel like that was a lot don't y'all think yeah yeah.
5: Uh, I was going to just say, like, I just feel like I really had no reason to do all that. Like, um, a lot of, I think the issue is that a lot of things have been going high's way. And this is kind of also about, like, the season overall. I think a lot of people don't want to back down. A lot of people will be like, as long as it's not me mindset. But a lot of the players this season are like, I want it my way or the highway, you know what I mean? So it's like- The highway. <laughs> literally. And so, pun <laughs> intended. So um, I think uh, like Omar and High and stuff like that, a lot of players, even Mike, a lot of players are doing what they want when they want to. And there's just an art and finesse to it that you need to have. But when you have blowups like that, like it's not going to help your agenda because people are like, well, i seen your behavior last time. Things didn't go your way. Can you keep it under wraps? Like all that. So I think overall, just like he didn't, I didn't think he, I don't think he thought long-term, he thought I need instant gratification. This is how I feel. So I'm going to say it. But like Lance said, like, keep it coy and do it in the like confessionals. That's the whole point of confessionals. Like talk your shit there, but then kiss ass and be like, oh my God, it's okay. And work on that relationship with Romeo. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Instead of doing all that.
2: Truly, Romeo is perfect the way he is. I hope he continues to talk his shit in the confessionals because I love it. And bring back petty votes. Why? Why does every vote need to be perfect? I really wish they would continue to do these petty votes because I'm obsessed with Hashtag them and I think that's hilarious.
1: Hashtag but that's what I would do. I exactly. Would CBS. I know vote.
2: the CBS executives yeah. are listening to this podcast, and honestly, they should. They need to. They need to have you on. Truly.
1: But, and, it, and it's like if if you already know, like your whole alliance, 10, ten people are eight six are voting yeah. this way. That no matter this person's going home, we gotta we gotta get other people riled up. Yeah. So throw it. I know that's yeah. me. Like if I play Big Brother Survivor, I'm throwing hinky votes. That's just me.
2: Yeah.
1: Unless it's my life on the line. But also Survivor is a little bit more unpredictable, so I guess people want to just follow the trend. But that's just. But not that's, like-
2: I feel like that's even even bigger reason to throw a like a hinky vote in Survivor, because like what if people a bunch of people played Idols that could save you for all you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, bring back the petty votes. I feel like that is just an underused strategy in Survivor or just a mess mechanism, and I'm obsessed. One thing that was brought back this season, a relic if you will, that I hope never comes up again is an all-male alliance which as much as i love rox Roy, uh he proposes the fact that like the strong guys in the alliance need to band together and create a new alliance because they're you know they outnumber the women that are in the tribe right now and he wants to do something that will give him a little more uh, of a strategic edge. he wants to start talking game with other players And so he goes to the guys. And then, of course, uh, Jonathan and Mike are uh, all for this, which I know is incredibly shocking to everyone that has seen this season so far. And (laughs) Omar and Hi are very much not for this plan. And I just need to share, like, I don't think I laughed harder this episode than with – Omar's confessional here where he says, you think I'm going to have an equal chance of winning immunity as Jonathan and Mike at final five? Are you insane? So I'm obsessed with that. I love Omar so far. And this guy, so this guy's Alliance is kind of dead before it even started, but Rox, Jonathan and uh, Mike are all for it.
1: Like, I don't know, like for me, I feel like this goes back to, you know, when, if you really think about like Rox's game, I love Rox as a person, but he just doesn't have like the strategic and social awareness that honestly, a better alliance that he could have proposed his girl, yeah. Drea, Mike's girl, Lindsay, and Jonathan could pull in um, Marianne with that, you know, that, oh, you know, their original tribes. Get them three, you and Drea, Mike, you know, like it, it, it could, if yeah. you wanted you, Jonathan and Mike, y'all could have still made final three together. But pulling y'all outliers, pulling Dre, yeah. pulling Lindsay, and pulling Maryam, and that would be a solid six to cut the rest. Yeah. It's just Roxroy trying to concoct it when he has no social capital. Like Omar said, he literally hasn't talked game with me, and it's now Final Ten. We're at the merge. You didn't talk to me the first round of votes. Now you want to propose that I only trust you, 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 you. Yeah, Come on, Rox. Like, no social awareness, and – the it's like the blind leading the blind because Jonathan and Mike has no social awareness either as we're going to talk about later with um how Jonathan dealt with Lindsay in that episode and I can't wait to yeah. talk about that
2: and like I love Roxroy he's been one of my uh, like unexpected faves because he just he's such a dad he's like I've been calling him the survivor barbecue dad pretty much every episode we've gotten but it's like that's exactly what he is he knows how to do things and get them done right the first time. So like he's going to be man in the grill. He's going to be building the fire. He's going to make sure the shelter's covered and stuff. And it's just like, that's great as a survivor player, but there, and he admitted himself that he needs help with the social game. Like he, I I really liked how he was able to recover after the SWAT vote with explain, you know, telling uh, the other Ica members that he was definitely going to need help with the social game and all that. But He's a flawed player. I don't think he was ever going to win, but he was an entertaining person to have on this season and to see him kind of figure out the game as he went with obviously a lot of blunders.
4: Yeah, I was actually going to say, um, while my nose is unclogged, uh, you know, this is a very unpopular opinion of mine, but I don't mind all guys. Okay, listen. So I, I, don't care. I don't I'm, a a, I'm
1: a guy I, and I don't like I don't give a damn.
4: I don't give a damn. Cause listen, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all for, I Lance
1: absolutely toxic. I'm toxic.
2: Let's Sorry. let Lance and Isaiah play on the same survivor season. Just see how all of
1: that. <laughs>
4: Cause listen, because listen, I'm all for all guys alliances. I'm all for all girl alliances. I'm all for all black lines. You can have all whatever alliance. I don't care. If as long as you do it correctly and it's not with some weird motive no, it's just for we, him
1: to say like we haven't seen it over 40 yeah, let, me, let me that's why i
4: said as long yes. as with no weird motive they should just been like look they should have kept first of all I, I thought it was smart at first because i'm like all right they got a little foundation you got jonathan who's like hercules embodiment with these challenges and then you had Roxroy, the walking shield that everyone just looks at and distracts from everybody else. And then you got Mike. He's like the scrappy social guy. I was like, okay, maybe that could work. Mm-hmm. And then they just start throwing random people in there. I'm like, Omar, hi, Roman. None of these people are going to want to do this. So I'm like, and strike one. They should have did what Lance was saying, where it's like, all right, this is the core. And then let's bring the outliers in and they could be extra numbers. We see this in Big Brother all the time it always works and it's why big brother's so boring but it's effective so it's like all right that's what you're supposed to do but for some okay, reason keep it cute keep it cute i'll just say it but i'm just saying it's effective but they didn't do it correctly so i'm like all right whatever but then i'm just like i don't know if they like really thought it out like they didn't speak with anyone before inviting them they're just like hey omar you're in this alliance hey uh hi you're in this like you could at least like Ease it in. Like, there's a certain way you do it. So it's like, obviously, that Joan Bro like, that was doomed from the start. But
1: it's um, our boy, Roxroy, though. Like, yeah, he doesn't yeah. think that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I it, will it say had, that. And,
2: like, we just saw a guys' alliance in Survivor Australia that was incredibly insufferable. Like, honestly, like, worst case scenario for a guys' alliance. So I feel like if we had gotten one that worked out again, at least this makeup of men is marginally more likable than the ones we got in australian survivor minus one which we will talk about in a bit but you know hint hint but yeah i was i'm happy that it did not work out but i understand why this occurred or why to Roxroy this made sense but josie i know you have something to say especially when isaiah put a Big brother in the discussion.
5: Yeah, I did. Yeah, not too much on Big Brother, maybe Big Brother U.S., but don't come for Canada, okay? Not too much U.S.
4: U.S. specifically, yeah.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, back to the point. First of all, the men, the men agenda, thumbs down. I'm a woman. I don't want to watch a men's alliance. Do you know how many shows have men alliances? The whole thing, and we are going to talk about this later. Is that like? These games are social experiments. And for me, the reasoning behind having these individuals was clearly based off gender and not based on skill set, honestly. Because if Roxley would have been like, hey, I think that Jonathan is a great uh, competitor and uh I think Mike is a um great social player, whatever. We come from three different tribes, we can work this angle, sure, okay. But when you immediately say, I want an all men's alliance, like you're just reverting back to, you know, I don't want to say privilege, but like you're going back into, you know, these majority situations that we've tried so hard to disassociate, you know, like and it's really hard and it's really frustrating to see that. And it's like even throughout the whole episode, even not even just the men's alliance. But it was giving the misogyny episode, like even starting. Forgetting,
1: forgetting a guy at that. If you're going to do a men's alliance, include them you all. You include
5: everyone. And in addition, like there were comments being made on uh, at camp that also gave me the a big ick, a big, 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 big ick. And I was just really sad because we had just gotten an episode where Roxbury was talking about his struggles and it was so beautiful. I like um, Roxbury's a, a character that I see in my real life with, like, My old traditional, you know, more like uncles or, Mm -hmm. you know, Black men, in the like older Black men. So I always obviously appreciate that because those are people in society. However, it was just really sad that that was the agenda pushed based off gender rather than skill set. And I could be wrong. But when you immediately start off and say, I want to all guys aligns with people you've not spoken to and you haven't really explained the gameplay, you just say, hey, there's... Uh, less women in our tribe let's get them all out like it gives me the ick and that's why i say thumbs down um yeah i wasn't here for the misogyny and i was so glad that they got divided in the tribes that they did um yeah that's actually
2: a great segment segue 40 minutes in 45 minutes into this podcast (laughs) we are getting to the immunity challenge i'm sorry we got a lot to talk about and we're a great group to talk about it but this was, we saw this in Survivor 41, and in that episode, we lost Nasir and Ebi, so I was pretty devastated when that happened, and I was like, oh shit, this is, like, we're doing this again. We all decided this was a good idea. Okay. And we see some renditions of this before in past seasons, a la Survivor Fiji, but this one is that they are divided in two teams of five. There are going to be two immunity winners. And that means there will be two tribal councils. And um, so we have, they're going to, and the challenge is they're going to balance on a triangular platform. The last person to stay up on each team wins immunity. And the person that stays up the longest wins, I think it was kebabs for their tribe. That's just like the general overlay. It's not really important to the episode. Then I guess it is important in a way, but I'll get to that later and so we have two teams of five which are the orange team which is mike high rox roy romeo and omar and then the blue team is drea jonathan marianne Lindsay, and tori and we have high win for orange he wins the orange team immunity and jonathan wins for blue and jonathan stays on longer so they win the reward of kebabs but i will argue that the Reward of kebabs is not as important as the win of getting to go second for your tribal council, which we don't know at this point that this is going to contribute so big to the occurrences of the second tribal council. But I think it's always good to see where that tribe or at least half of your merged tribe is at before you go to vote for the tribal council for the second tribal council. And I really think that's the advantage here is that you want to be the team that goes second.
5: Yeah, no, I totally agree on that. Um, I think that it's important. I think seeing who is eliminated factors a lot into your game. So when you don't even have a say in who goes and you don't actually see anything happening, it's a judgment. I really do think if the second tribe would have won, Dre would have gone... Um, voted out. And then I do think that Roxwood also would have been voted out. So we would have had three Black players eliminated back to back. Truly, that's what my heart of heart believes. Um, but this immunity challenge um, it was really interesting because I, like, I'm like, Tori has won two back to back. Now, I don't know how how the rest of y'all feel that I was not team Tory. okay? Nothing personal. I just wasn't about it. Um, and so I was like, I can't have a third immunity win. I really can't. So once Tory fell, I was rejoicing. I was doing my little praise dance. I was getting into it, but then I saw Jonathan won, and I was like, okay, well, well, damn. So I mean, overall, I was really excited to see that one man was going to have to be voted out. Uh, yeah, as it should be. Um, and I was just—I was a little bit scared for, you know, um, Romo um, and part of that tribe, but um, because he was already. A dead man walking, um coming into it. So I was satisfied with the fact that Tori did not win, but I was disappointed that Jonathan won. But I'm really happy that even though Jonathan won, like they were able to go second for the overall message that we talked about in this episode.
4: Yeah, the you know it's kind of interesting how like the, the, the challenges and everything work now that that the winning order is starting to diff- like, is this, Gia, you can tell me if I'm wrong. Is this whole, like, uh, split tribal thing, like, a staple now? Does this happen, like, every season? or It doesn't is it normally only happen no. every season, <laughs> okay. but it's been, okay. I don't
2: know if this will, they've done it a few times before, but, like, in different renditions of it. Like, they did yeah. the joint tribal council in Game Changers and right. in uh, Survivor Fiji. Their merge episode was actually, it was a 10-person merge, and they divided them up into two random teams of five. But in yep. that one, the one team was immune and then didn't go to tribal council at all. So then it was just like those five. It's like a worse version of what we have
1: <laughs> now. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and it's more so to the fact of, you know, this was the first year because they filmed seasons back to back, weeks apart. That this is the first year where they had to, because of COVID protocol, break it down to that many days. And it was yeah. just finally, to me, I think, finding ways for it to work. I think it's going to be a trend moving forward to the amount of days, but I think yeah. it, they were just trying to find a way to knock out as many people in those amount of days yeah. and still have a full cast, you know?
2: That's a good That's point because I keep forgetting that it's 26 days now. It's yeah. just like, it doesn't, I feel like it doesn't affect my overall viewing experience. So I, I just know. forget about it most of the time.
4: No, no, it's cheaper too. They're going to be like, oh, okay. Like <laughs> yeah. they'll probably start uh, doing three in, in one year. Trust me. I, I wouldn't be shocked, but um. Uh, just to go to that because I remember they used to do it just to flush out like advantages and stuff because of the whole Cerey situation, and I, I knew they didn't want to mm-hmm. have another idol get in or whatever. Um, but it's kind of interesting how it's kind of used now. I mean, to be fair, it, it was uh, it, it, you can I guess you could say the original meaning for it was still successful because it flushed two idols t- uh, during that episode. So I mean, kudos to them. But um, I'm I don't know how to feel about uh, the whole joint tribal's uh, I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk about that when we actually get to the travel portion, but, um, challenge wise, it's like, uh, one immunity. I'm like, okay. Like, you know, I, it, and the, specifically, I was also going to say with this challenge specifically, where they're all standing on, um, uh, what is it? Like those triangle things in the yeah. on the water and everything. I've also noticed with this one specifically, if the, the weather conditions are horrible, it's like, damn, like what, like people who usually do good, like suck at this. Cause of yeah. The, Cause of the way it's.
2: I think the the whole immunity challenge, the immunity challenge itself is pretty uneventful. Like I went to get a snack or something and then like two minutes later, half the tribe has fallen off. Like it's bound to three people at that point and High's already won immunity. So like the, the orange tribe is decided within like a minute, a minute of their time and like 10 seconds of our viewing time is like we, I look away for a second and high has immunity. Whereas the there was a little more intrigue with the blue team because it was between Jonathan and Lindsay. I really wanted Lindsay to pull it out here, but she did not and Jonathan won and he stayed on a little longer, so he got the reward. But otherwise I didn't at the time of watching, the immunity challenge wasn't anything particularly eventful to me, and I didn't even think too much about the tribe divisions at that point because it just felt so like it all happened so quickly. But then, We get to, I think if the orange team is the camp life we see first. And basically the story there is that the, Romeo's a dead man walking. We know that he's probably going home or at least like everything we know about this tribe. Everyone else is in the big alliance that Romeo seems to be the person to go. Romeo knows he's the person to go here. Um, So some people are having kind of a chill day, but then... um, Some people are having a chill day, but Omar realizes that it benefits him more to keep Romeo around over Roxroy because Romeo is someone that is a closer ally to him. And this is someone that he can kind of shape to be the ally that he wants it to be. And he explains that Roxroy is very set in his ways. He's very stubborn. This is not someone that he is going to be able to manipulate is essentially what he is trying to say. And I think he knows at this point that Roxroy's loyalties are not with him. So he brings up the point of to Romeo and High that they should blindside Roxroy here. So that kind of and I felt like this was the way it was going to go, but I was I was very intrigued by this tribal council and the the focus we get on Omar here.
4: Um, I'm yeah. just looking at this uh, real quick. I also want to say it was it was very interesting since it was half guys and half girls plus one. Obviously, um, this tribe, you know they they really wanted to push this whole all guys agenda. Well, you got a tribe <laughs> of all guys. So like, what are you going you got to do? Your here? final
2: five of men.
4: Yeah. Um. I I don't. I don't. I don't know how Roxroy really kind of like, like unless he finds an idol or anything. I mean, I don't know really how Roxroy even comes out of this like alive at this point. I mean, um, the moment I saw the tribe division, I'm like, oh Romeo, Omar, hi. Yeah, I was like, either Roxroy or Omar are out of here. And, you know. Um, I mean, did did anyone else feel like uh, there was like a chance of him to even survive here? Because I didn't.
1: Yeah, it, it was honestly too good to be true. Yeah. The episode opens with the you know, Rocks Roy making an alliance and you could see the blowback already. So when the tribes was divided, I mean, I saw it. I was like, oh, this is his swan song. Poor babe. Like, maybe he might win immunity. And then for him to fall off 10 seconds in, it's like, it sucks. Because honestly, for me, if you break down, you know, you wanted me to be a guys in a guys' alliance. Even me, as a, as a gay man, like, if you come to me like, oh, we want to be in a guys' alliance, rah, rah, and then you forget one person, and then the one person that you forget is a gay male, it would turn a side-eye at me as another gay male to be like, okay, so you're just using a couple of us to earn a number. So I immediately knew, like, when it was Omar, Hai, and Romeo on the same tribe, Omar was getting his shining moment. He, we already been seeing a lot of strategy from him, like, leading up to this. And for him to bust through and him to plant the seed to save Romeo and to mend the fences of Hi and Romeo was like kudos omar that's what you're supposed to do i love rox roy but for me i wanted to see the unpredictability and i wanted to see romeo fight another day Mm -hmm. you know so it, it was really exciting for me to see for omar to like plant those seeds and try to like mend those fences and even with romeo being even so scared like that guy wanted me out like i you know like it's nothing i could do Like, it was showing a lot of, like, give up with Romeo. And it was kind of like, come on, Romeo. He's throwing you that olive branch. You need to take it and bring that over to high and, like, solidify that. And we ultimately saw the outcome of it when it got to tribal.
5: Yeah, I I really think that Omar is getting such a good edit overall. I think it's been a few episodes where we've seen him in this power position kind of leading the charge. Um, I do think, however... Um, you know, Rocks as a player to me is less threatening because of the lack of social capital um, Mm -hmm. that he has. So for me, it's like the vote for Rocks like I get it, like he annoys you at camp, but like I would rather have someone who annoys me at camp and win than, you know, get an easy person, I'm putting that in quotation marks, easy um, out. I think that I think out of the end of the day, um, Hyde's gonna suffer the most from this vote because he's now upset Mike, who is actually in a very good position socially. Um, I think it's important to know, I'm gonna use Jeff's uh, favorite thing analogies, when to take that driver's seat and when to take the passenger seat and when to listen to people around you. And I think that high has a lot of difficulty putting himself in the passenger seat and letting things ride naturally. Mm -hmm. And so I do think that we'll see these consequences. But overall, this was great for Romeo's game. It was great for Omar's game. I think uh, um, Romeo will accredit Omar a lot more than he will high, even though High did help him with the vote. Um, And I think that long-term, Romeo is more in a better position um, alongside Omar than um, you know, Mike and High, but I do think that Mike is just an overall great player and has a good relationship with Omar. So, you know, I think High uh, mm-hmm. better count his days. To be honest with you,
2: yeah, I really, I really think this move. Obviously, this move, this move benefits Romeo because otherwise, it would have been him getting voted out. But in the grand scheme of things, this really only benefits Romeo and Omar to take out roxroy here because and omar explained very well why he wanted to vote out roxroy over romeo i think that makes sense for his game and the relationships that he's felt he's built with a lot of the outside players here so it makes sense for me that omar wanted to take out um roxroy here but i feel like high's a little trigger happy here and just wants to make a lot of blindsides but mike I feel like Mike was right in his hesitancy of voting out Roxroy here because he's talked about how the it makes them look untrustworthy. And Mike is kind of like, he he showed some little old school tendencies about his loyalty to players and stuff too. So at first I was kind of like, okay, Mike, whatever. Like you're not going to win this fight anyway. But when, Mar- when we get to the second tribal council, Marianne made a really good point about how she says something along the lines of, the five that are here, so referring to the five that are in tribal council are not going to be the five forever because they have to go back to camp and explain why this vote occurred. And when they're supposed to be in a big alliance and Roxroy is a, a member of that alliance, they're going to have to explain to five very shocked people, or I guess four now, because Tory was voted out about why, this vote ended up the way it did. And I think that that's something that Omar can make a good excuse for, but I don't think Hai is really has any relationships that are going to be strengthened by this decision to vote out Rocks right here. So kudos to Omar for making his wish happen. Kudos to Romeo for living to fight another day. But I don't think this was the right call for the other half of the tribe. It's,
4: um, no, I I didn't. Th- oh, So sorry, my thing wasn't a mutant. I didn't think so either because I think honestly this was, this was just Romeo. Obviously, with the position Romeo's in, he's going to take whatever he has to take Like he has to be a squirrely player at this mo at this point. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think when you have players like High or or uh, uh, Roxbury, whoever else, is just going to keep throwing you offers just because they start getting a little greedy and power hungry. I mean, why not take them? I, I think he uh. Uh perfect example and obviously two completely separate games. But uh if you look at Island of the Idols Dean, um I mean he was at the bottom for like a majority of that season, took literally whatever was given to him, and that's how he got to the end. So um we've we've seen this a couple of times with a couple of players, and you just gotta you gotta grind to the end at that point.
1: Yeah, and honestly, Romeo could use this like extension as a way to flip it. Now when you go back with the other group that survived that tribal. He could literally find out, you know, you know, we even saw how Drea like this fuel me and, and is playing a different type of game. If Romeo flipped it a certain way and be like, oh, this was all highs doing blah, blah, blah. It could literally put Romeo in a driver's seat or in an amazing position from being all the way at the bottom to being in a possible numbers alliance that could get him to a place where he could be in contention for the crown.
2: I'd love to see it. I think that's a very good point. And I wonder, I'm wondering how I don't want to call it luck, because I think Romeo is a very smart player, even if he doesn't have a lot of power right now. But I'd like to see Romeo have a few more moves at this leave and hopefully this tribal council gave him a little more momentum because it seems like he was really kind of at his limit with a lot of players and clearly very exhausted from everything that has been happening.
4: Yeah, it's. I mean, obviously, I think people are starting to get fatigued,
2: mm-hmm. um, which
4: is why. I mean, even outside of him, high perfect example. One of those players who are very like uh, careful with a lot of his. Uh, like conversation and stuff like now he's having outbursts in front of people i think this is just the point where people are just tired i mean you're just there for a long time it's like it's time to they're, they're trying to go home um you know some of these people haven't eaten real food outside of rice in a while you know it's, so i you know i completely get it uh you know it's good for us back at home watching it on the tv show saying ah like I, why are they doing this as a stupid move ah, ah, we literally saw last season with shan and, and ricard like freaking out because of like freaking like mango or something you know like i the smallest things are going to make these people tick at this point
2: i am very excited to see how that plays out because i i one of the things I really like about this season is that I don't fully know who's going to win. And I feel like there's a couple players that I could make a case for of the eight that are left that I don't think we had this many winter contenders in last season. And I, and there are a lot of survivor seasons where it's really feels like it's only between two or three people. And I feel like there, we have a lot more options here. And I like that. I like that we have a lot of options. Did, Anyone want to say anything else about the orange team? Um, Because we really like, I feel like the tribal council was pretty cut and dry. We we all had a feeling that Roxroy was going here and he got voted out unanimously. Um, I feel like we can just go right to blue if everyone's good with that. All right, (laughs) blue team. There's a lot more mess here. So Jonathan is safe and he feels like this is the time for him to make a move. And he wants to flush an idol. And his idol that he wants to flush is Drea's. Now, y'all, I just need to like, this plan is so dumb. The logic is flawed. It is like flawed, as flawed as a plan could be. It is dumb, dumb, dumb. And let me tell you why it's dumb. So in Jonathan's mind, the way to flush Drea's idol is to tell Drea to vote for Marianne because they are going to flush Marianne's idol. And then he tells Marianne that she is going to be the decoy with the explanation that they are going to flush an idol. And in reality, they're going to flush Drea's idol. And this is kind of the game that he's playing with it. And he brings it to Lindsay and uh, Marianne brings it to Tori. So like everyone else is aware that Drea is supposed to be the vote tonight and they're going to flush her idol. Now. In what world does Jonathan not think through the idea that if the logic behind this decision is that they're flushing idols, that the two idol holders would not be setting off alarms in their head about the fact that if they are looking for idol holders to get voted out, why would I not be someone that is on in the discussion for who they are voting out? That's the first issue with this. The second is what was brought up to that Lindsay brought up to jonathan that he completely dismisses is that if drea does play her idol and the only other vote is for marianne they lose a valuable ally and her idol and her extra vote that she has said several times she would use to help the taku four which is them so i cannot begin to and he does not get this he's like mad at the fact that Lindsay points out how stupid this idea is and I can't. I cannot. Someone take someone Someone come in with their thoughts on this because it's just so dumb for yeah. no reason. I can't believe this man got a hero edit for like eight other episodes. He's and, an idiot.
1: And, and that's what goes to show you about um, you know how they can literally edit people how they want them to look to the world because literally that just showed a little piece of what we saw later from Jonathan when not giving Lindsay the, the, the chance to even explain it. And Lindsay has to sit in that moment and say, oh, I'm sorry. No, you're, you don't have to be sorry, babe. Everything you're saying is valid. At the end of the day, if you were such a strategic mastermind, all you have to do was say the vote is either Tori or Drea, and then keeps Marianne in the game and her idols. And that's also where I got a little like PO'd a little bit with Marianne, like post-tribal, like before I saw the tribal stuff. She was just so complacent with him saying she's the outlier vote. If someone is telling me that they're telling the person that I'm not outlier vote and I know that person has an idol, why would I just be like, okay, yeah. And then when Lindsay tried to break it down, for him to not even, like, you're pissing me off. You're like, you're making me so upset. Like, you're, like, dude, what are you talking about? Like Lindsay said, you are not strategic. You've been playing this game that you're just gonna, you know, everyone's gonna need you. It gets a point in the game where we don't care about what you offer to the tribe. I'm looking for my way to win. I could starve for 10 more days. You could go. So like, it just really showed a little piece of Jonathan of me that, you know, like I was, I literally text my mom this. I was like, huh, look at your favorite. Look how, look how he came across this episode. Like literally in the midst of him talking with Lindsay, I text my mom because she loves some Jonathan and like, I I don't know. It just really grind my gears. I'll let someone else pitch in on it. But Lindsay showed, how, how how strategic and how sociable she is at that point, that we haven't saw much of, to be honest.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, looking at this, I mean, you first of all, the edit heavily favored him for a while. I mean, you saw Jeff talking about, oh, you're one of the best competitors we've seen in a long Like, it was like very early when he started talking about that. So they, there was, they favored Jonathan for a while, which is fine, no issue whatsoever. Um, he, he's good at competitions and all that. But that being said, though, um, you know, I, First of all, I think his issue is that he wasn't straight up with his motives. I think he just really wanted to flush not only Drea's but Marianne's idols. Um, and he didn't tell Lindsay that. I think if, if he told Lindsay that she would have tried to convince him not to, but I feel like she would have least at least been a little bit more open to it. I, like uh, Lindsay seems to be more uh, open to working with Jonathan than a lot of other people. So um, I don't think it was really straight up, but but outside of that, the correct move here is if you really just want to get rid of Drea's idol and Drea's idol only, everyone tells Drea, Oh, I heard that you're going home. And then you all blindside Tori while she flushes it that simple but i don't know why he was like so stern on marianne getting votes on tori not getting voted out because she's untrustworthy if she's untrustworthy beautiful because then you tell her hey dre is getting voted out and then she'll go and tell dre and she'll believe it even more so it's like i don't you know i don't get the reasoning behind not telling tori even though she's untrustworthy which is a good reason to vote her out um it was very random. I, I didn't I didn't really understand his uh his mindset there.
5: Yeah. Um, let me drag Jonathan a bit. Yeah, yeah. By all means, first, please. First of all, misogyny, like really you're gonna try to mansplain when you're in the wrong. Like shut up. Sorry, I don't mean it in a mean way, but it's like shut up. Like I, I was just so annoyed. It's like I think this is a really big theme this season. It's like the moment people feel a little bit of power or they feel safe and comfortable they go out of their way to go a little crazy which is a little chaotic for me it's like you have immunity my guy sit back and relax like yeah like you're safe whatever but you jonathan was thinking so short term and not long term like yeah getting rid of someone's idol is great and everything but what about the other people on your team what about the other relationships that you have Like, I just think he went about it so poorly. And when it's mentioned to him, it's like, he, to me, the way he talked down to Lindsay, makes me feel like he doesn't view her as an equal. And I think that contributed a lot to how some of the men behave. This is why I literally call this episode the misogyny club episode, because we were seeing a lot of people's true colors. Um, And so it was just very frustrating to, like, see him communicate that like marion even said at one point she was like well like why why me like this is your alliance member i would never go out of my way to make my alliance member the default fake vote that makes no sense to me especially when marion is such a team player like this girl has like the impression she's given off on camp is like she is a ride or die she's loyal and she like she kind of gives off this like being naive and so if anything not to say that she is but that's a vibe that she gives off so if anything he should have utilized that even better than what he did like it just didn't make any sense to me and like if his intentions were to get rid of both idols i wish he would have communicated that better but i don't think that was his intention i think he wanted to do whatever the f he wanted and he wanted to say that he controlled this vote and really both idols were used but it had nothing to do with him and so I'm really glad that um that like decision or what he wanted the complete opposite of what he wanted happen and uh I was just very overall annoyed and I think that Lindsay's gonna view him differently moving on I think he damaged his relationship with Marianne and if the girls get together and conversate about what happened, because Marianne said during the um, the tribe, she was like, I can't vote for Dr- Drea. I can't do it. So Drea obviously knows that she was the vote. So she's going to mm-hmm. want to know who started it. And it's going to look now, bad like on again.
1: Yeah, even before that, because I want to chime in before you even get to the tribal, is yeah. for me, when Marianne knew she was the outlier and went ran that to Tori, and they talked about that, and Tori was like, oh, so Drea thinks it's her. And when Drea got her information, I think Tori and both, Tori and both Drea had blinders towards each other from old past Where that was the time where with Mary Ann, boom, Mary boom, Tori, Drea, Mary Ann needed to be that divide where both idols could have stayed in the game. They pulled Tori in. Hey, it's time. We can't get Jonathan, but his right-hand woman, Lindsay could have been an easy vote that they could have three blindsided and Tori, I, I think Tori was just so blinded with the, the hate for Drea. And Drea was just so, you know, oh, I, I have an idol so I could, you know, use it at the end of the day or just believing that Marianne was the vote where it's like, I just feel sometimes people have to, like, take those blinders off and play the game that's in front of them. It, it's so hard not to be emotional out there, I know, I bet. But you just have to really think what could get you further. At that point, after the trial, we had eight, eight. Yeah, and, you know, at that point, she didn't know that Roxwell was gone. So, so, you need to start thinking about like longevity, and I think Drea and Tori could have capitalized by coming together for one little round and doing some damage.
2: That would have been pretty great outcome, but I feel like this this section is stubborn. And as I we don't know everything that happened on Ika, but Lindsay makes it very clear to Jonathan that he does not listen to that Drea and Tori hate each other, so there's no... They're not concerned about them teaming up or doing this in any way. But... And I I feel like Jonathan was just so set on being wrong because it was, like, his plan that he could be wrong about. Like, he did not want to waver on any of his decisions whatsoever.
5: I also, like, don't understand it because, logically, I think he doesn't look... And this is what's so annoying. I feel like some players don't sit back and look at the bigger picture. Like, Mm -hmm. I would have sat down and been like, worst case scenario, Dre uses it. Now, Marion also knows that she's the only vote. So you're putting two people that you clearly don't want to put at risk, at risk. Like, logically, it just didn't make any sense. And I think he just wanted to make a plan and have a move on his resume. But at what cost is it worth having a move on your resume if it literally hinders your game? I think it was very dumb.
2: Yeah. And we'd even get into the part where it, should this plan work that two idols are fresh? Now they have two, you have two people still in the game that do not trust you. And they just had a blind side on the other side. So you like the, the big alliance that we know it is incredibly fractured. Yeah. Yeah. Do, sure. do we want to get to the Second Tribal Council now? Or is there anything yes. else we want to say about the about the camp life of Blue Team? All um, right. So we get to... Oh, sorry.
5: No, no. I was going to say, yeah, I think we could just go into the tribe. Yeah. <laughs>
2: All right. So... We, as I said before, Orange was, Orange's tribal council was pretty cut and dry. I hate that they put a cliffhanger on the vote for Roxroy. Uh, like they did went to commercial before the votes were read as if we all did not know what was happening here. CBS should hire me, honestly, because this edit like was not it with how they tried to build up the dramatics for it. <laughs> and if I'm on CBS team, then Lance will go on Survivor. And, you know, like that we're making moves here. So CBS at me um slide into my dms please and but so we get to the tribal council and you can see i i cannot emphasize enough how everyone's clearly shocked by the rox vote and um didn't no one there expected that to be the outcome of the vote but then drea looks shocked by like shocked. she's like she doesn't have Words, really, for how she is feeling right now. And you can see on screen her processing what is happening. Don't really understand what it means until she does say that she's kind of put she is processing everything is happening and what has been happening in this game from her point of view. And now she sees two black players on the jury. And she had a feeling that her name was going to be going out, but she is not going to be the third black person voted out in a row. She has seen this pattern before and it looks like it is happening again. And she is not going to contribute to that pattern. So she, and she lets everyone know that she is uh, using her idol tonight. So she, they need to figure something else out. And we eventually get to a point where Marianne tells Tori that she is not, she cannot vote for Drea because she is going to be complacent in this pattern if she does vote for Drea. So, There's a lot that happens in here. We get this very beautiful speech from Marianne and another beautiful speech from Drea about all of the emotions that are happening. And this is a very vague summary of everything that occurred on from Drea and Marianne. But does anyone want to kind of start the discussion about like what they were feeling when this was happening or what was specifically said that really hit a point with you?
4: Yeah, I thought it was... um... You know, first of all, when, when you saw Dreyas and, and Marianne's face, specifically Dreyas, when he walked, through, you could tell that something was going on in their minds. Um, I actually watched this episode late, so I didn't get spoiled, uh, but I saw like uh, a lot of tweets. And I'm like, oh, something must have happened. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the conversation was very good, in my opinion, at first, because, uh, you know, that's in my mind, how a lot of survivor players in the past when, you know, they're very like uh, black survivor specifically when they're like outnumbered probably felt, but just didn't really have the courage or the will to like really speak up about it. So, you know, I thought it was a good conversation and it didn't bother me um, up until, you know, I don't think he's racist. I'm not going to call him racist, but, I, you know, it was very ignorant, the comments from Jonathan, where he started talking about, uh, you know, like, oh, it's not a, related to race and all this stuff. I'm just like, like, here's here's the issue, specifically with white people. It's like, it feels like, um, you know, no disrespect to anybody listening, to this, but it just, it feels like in these situations, they tried to make, the thing the topic about them where in in reality like no one even mentioned um race like at all like like nothing about like them being races or anything there was actually uh you know i'm not going to talk about orgs too much but like two games that i've seen recently um where something equally happen where where like uh you know there's like a safety chain and uh, someone asked to give it to another black player and the girl gave it to two other people instead and she and then they wanted to go after her and she thought that it was like oh they're targeting me because they think I'm racist. It's like I don't I don't get where you, you know, like, they're probably like paranoid or something, and they, they jump the gun, but it's like, you know, when they're voicing how they feel about a certain situation, sometimes the best thing to do is just shut up and listen. Um, you know, you, you saw right when the conversation over went right back to game, and, and, you know, it was smooth sailing after that point. Like, I think they wanted to talk about game. But you didn't know when to pop in. It's like just listen, process the information. I I think uh, we saw Lindsay do this during the episode where she processed it and then gave her input. Um, some people felt some type of way about that. You know, you know, we'll get to that when we get to that. But um, it's like Jonathan specifically. I just wish he thought before he said anything because it it was not a good look whatsoever. Um, you know, I was very irritated. Like I I was like I was really shocked when um all that was going down and i like even i I mean i'm not going to name drop or call anyone out but like the whole tweets came out and i saw someone tweet this picture of drea and jonathan hugging each other and trying to make it look like they were like a bonding moment i'm like like are y'all serious so you know it's it's just like you know that it was a mess all around I'm, i'm i'm before i continue to put my input i'm just curious to see what lance and josie have to say
1: yeah like like for me um You know, I feel like at times, no offense, because this is not every white person, but sometimes when white people, they're so quick to be on the defense. And that's that's even sometimes people in general on different topics that instead of processing what you're getting accused of or what's happening, they're so quick to defend themselves instead of sit back and realize like we saw the moment where he said, you're trying to subconsciously call me bias, whether you're talking about subconscious or not. And Marianne and both Drea turned to him and was like, we're not calling you racist. This is, at that point, Drea was processing everything the moment she walked in we saw her eyes bulge out of her freaking head and she just processing it and she couldn't even process it enough to get the right words out at the end of the day marianne had to come and put the boat on it and i just love the way marianne like because you could tell marianne didn't want really at the beginning no parts of it she was secretly talking to Tori about how i can't you know i can't do this and she was like you know what this is my moment because i can't stand here and play this shit in secret I have to just let it out on the table of how I feel. The thing is, Drea felt the way she felt. And when she broke down to the points of like, I knew coming to this game, I knew I had to watch how I act. I knew I had to watch how I speak. I knew I had to act, like watch every moment of how I come across to someone because one little thing will turn them to be the reason that I'm like this aggressor. And then for her to even be like Jonathan, like, don't call me, you know, don't consider me aggressive. And he's like, no, you're being aggressive. And it's like, I can show you aggressive. But she never once went to that level. Mm -hmm. So I just love the way that that Drea and Marianne were so poised. And it just really showcased that the CBS golden boy is not all that it seemed. Because, you know, we saw, uh, you know, people that's on Twitter that out Roar and support. And you also saw the other side of things as well. But for me, it showed, like especially hearing Lindsay's side of it and when Lindsay spoke on it, it's exactly what Jonathan should have done. Because at the end of the day, I'm not calling you racist by saying how I'm viewing this season of Survivor and how I've seen Survivor in the past because we did not seen it many times. We did not seen it many times. They didn't even see 41 and we saw it on 41. It literally happened weeks before with the cast right before them. And it's just really, 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 you know as someone who wants to play the game and knowing how, you know, how it would have to go into the game, you know, seeing Deshaun talk about it a little bit last season and now Dre speaking on it. Like you have to, we have to watch every aspect and it sucks because subconsciously that person secretly might have that hidden agenda against you. Like Marianne even said it, like, I might have subconscious bias that you don't even know about because that's in my subconscious. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's just Jonathan for me, was just playing such the victim and being on the defense instead of processing it. And even Tori said that was like, you could see it was itching her head. Like, I'm trying to still play the game because I want to stay. But she had to sit her ass there and be quiet and wait until it was the perfect time to jump back into game stuff. Because right now this is beyond the game. Mm
5: -hmm. I think, um, you know, the reason why I think all of us kind of love these shows Um, is the aspect of a social experiment. You know what I mean? Like, we can watch MasterChef for reality competitions, but we watch Survivor, we watch Big Brother because of how it reflects um, society and the intricacies within gameplay and how you maneuver games. But the reality is, is that a lot of people of color, especially Black people, have to play in a in addition to what a lot of other cast members may have to play against. Um, You know, like a little bit, Omar, for example, he's uh like Muslim, so he has to pray, for example. And so that time that he's taking to pray is beyond the game. And that time could be people running around, but he still takes the time because that's his reality. And so, you know, I think people respect that. But when it comes to the conversation of race, I feel like people... Don't understand, and that's due to privilege, it's due to ignorance, it's due to systemic racism, and that's why so many Black players who love the game have been advocating for diversity for so long. Um, We've had several survivor Black players start initiatives to see a diverse cast, and so it's really great to see that you know. Small steps taken by other players who didn't have the opportunity to play with diverse cast members are able to be like the small little thing that I did is having a long lasting consequence for other players who love the game just as much as I do uh, or I did when I played. So um, coming into it, I think that it's initial shock because for Drea too, Roxway is someone she's been working with. But in addition to that, it's like you walk in and into a room and you see that two people who look like you are out and you know it's like when you see me walking on the street against the street you don't see you see a black woman that's just what it is that's your identifier and so there are moments in the game where you kind of just look outside yourself and you go oh my god um Mm -hmm. these players look like me there's two in a row i already don't feel safe like, I can't keep this cycle going. You know what I mean? And for people to use the fact that Drea voted Chanel um, out is so weird and inappropriate. Um, and it just shows the reality of the situation. There's way too many ignorant people who just don't want to take the time to understand. Yeah.
4: Um, they 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 try to do that with Chantel last season with her JD vote too. I just like, like,
1: yeah. 100%. And we do not,
2: that's
4: yeah.
1: Part. Yeah.
2: Yeah. the Black players are not saying they're never going to vote for another black person and they are not obligated to explain every single vote the way that, you know, like why they voted for certain people. Like you can vote for players and still speak up about social issues that impact you in the game.
4: You you know, it's very interesting. Um, And I count this season uh, in 2021 when I'm about to say about say because it was filmed in 2021, Um, you know reality television in twenty twenty one, it seems like what uh Big Brother Canada, uh, Big Brother twenty three, uh both Survivors forty one and forty two, uh across the board, there's more than that, obviously. But it's like a lot of these shows, it's interesting that they all had like the same thing where it's like the African American players feel the need that, like, there's just something bigger that they got to stand up for that specific year. Um, You know, it's the first year since a lot of stuff when it came to the pandemic and all this stuff, but, you know, this was the events from the riots and all this stuff, and this was just, mm-hmm. it got ugly, you know what I'm saying? So, it's, for for the people who want to keep pointing blame and saying, oh, these black people are racist for sticking together, like, like it's it's it's
1: almost the, like... The comments, that, the comments that really grind, I guess, I don't mean because yeah. it's the ones that say, like, oh, us as white people need to stop applying. We're never going to have a chance on these shows anymore. It's like, no, just because you're a white person or don't fit the quota of a POC doesn't mean that we're going to immediately ostracize you in a game. Like, it's crazy because we all come from different walks of life. If you look at the cast of 41, Leanna, Shed, Deshaun, Danny, all different types of people of color, all different types of Black people that have different type of friend groups and things of that nature just because you're a black person doesn't mean that we're going to ostracize someone who doesn't exactly look yeah. like us. And it's crazy that that's what you hear these days and see the tweets. And it's like, Oh, it's, like
4: it's, it's, it's just interesting because it's like, you look at all these seasons that all were filmed around the same time. And it's like, don't you think there's like a pattern there? It's like, mm-hmm. there's a reason certain things are going to happen. It's because like, this is like what 40, 20 something seasons and all these shows and it took that long for certain people to have to do certain things like that. Like even in survivor where we do have some black winners, like there's like one uh, female black winner, like the Um, and, and then even like the guy winners we have, there's not like a lot of them. We have like what Earl, uh, uh, Jeremy, Jeremy and Wendell. Yeah. Jeremy, yeah. And, you know, that's it. Very specific. That's even Jeremy, the, even, the season that Jeremy won, it was just him and Tosh versus like how many people, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, I don't know. I'm I'm it's almost kind of like blasphemous why Facebookers and yeah. you know, I'm I'm not even gonna call it just white people, Facebookers, all those people, anyone who's ignorant on this subject, yeah. like are like just so willingly like blind in like tone deaf to like why certain things are happening, you know, and they're trying yeah. to push the narrative to something else. So and, you know. and I
2: will say this is a conversation that has been had on older seasons of Survivor too, and this has been an issue that Black players have dealt with, even with uh, even incidents that have not been aired. So we, and Black survivor players in particular and other survivor players of color, I'm sure, have also contributed to this, have spoken out about a lot of the mistreatments that they have faced during their time on the show or as a result of them being on the show. But I usually don't do quotes or anything, but I think it's kind of important that we share something that the great Sean Rector talked about very early in Marquesas. Um, He says that sometimes the game isn't necessarily fair because me and her, and he's referring to Vesepia here, are playing a whole other mental game that they don't even know. That when you're a person of color and you're the only one, you have to play. And that's something they don't even have to worry about. See, everyone can just be themselves. We have to be ourselves, but then hold back a little bit. And reactions like Jonathan's in real time are the reason why these players feel like they have to hold back a bit. And I'm glad Isaiah that you put it in the context of like where we were in the world when these seasons are filming, but also the I don't know how public the Survivor Diversity campaign initiatives were at the time of them filming, but a lot of these players I think were expecting to be the only person of their race in the show or the only Uh, LGBTQ plus contestant of the show like I don't think a lot of these players were expecting to have other people like them or sharing similar identities to them in the game which is something that we heard them talk about in 41 is that they did not expect to come into the merge with four black players and that they had the opportunity to work together usually there is not even for black players in a season, so there's never going to be the opportunity to work together like that.
1: Yeah, and it kind of goes back to even me, like when I first turned 21, wanting to be on Survivor, and you walk it, you know, you 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 look at it and be like, oh my god, like you see another black person, or you see a tape online, you're like, oh, that's the black person I'm I'm competing against, and it sucks that it was like that, and it sucks that um, you know, I'm we we're all happy that they're changing to the narrative, and. You know, you, you really don't want people to look at it and be like, oh, now that they're breaking this up, this, this is what it, it's coming down to. And that every season, like, you know, we just had the season of the cookout on um, Big Brother 23 and things like that. Like now, like, you know, you even hear some people say, like, dang, as a black person, do I want to wait a couple of seasons before I apply? Will I ever have a fair shot? Because they're going to assume I talked to a black person and, uh, and we're immediately at this big alliance. We saw it in, in winners at war. Soon as freaking Wendell and Jeremy had never met each other before the show and first time meeting on the season was at the merge, but it was immediately clan together. But Tony and Sarah were together from moment one, been on multiple seasons together and they made it deep in the game. So let's talk tea on that kind of stuff. You get what I'm saying? It's crazy.
5: Um, yeah, I just think that um, overall... The whole Black experience, not just in the show. Um, As someone who's applied to Big Brother Canada, originally my mindset was I'm fighting against all the Black people to get on the show Um, because I'm like, odds are I'm going to be one of two, maybe the only one on the show who is going to be Black, Um, you know, and it's the same reality with Survivor. So, you know, you have that mindset and it's already very defeating. Because the moment you step foot in the environment of gameplay, you're not only competing as a player, you're competing as against biases and subconscious thoughts, and it's truly another gameplay, like you mentioned in the quote. And it's very frustrating that some people will never understand that. As much as you like confirm that and keep bringing it to that point, like and driving it home, like people don't understand that, and it's only you know and when a Black person is taking the time to have those conversations on a national platform about the realities of the games that are subsequent to the realities of real life, for someone like Jonathan to then take it upon themselves to take away from that moment and become, oh, you're calling me racist. Um, You're actually racist because you're making it about race. Like, we don't choose to make it about race. We just know the realities of what it is when you look at me what you see. If I could if I could live as regularly as other every other people every other person, I would because that would mean less less work for me, less more of a struggle. Anytime I meet someone, our automatically people are like you look intimidating. I it's like you already have so many things against you that you have to fight and it's not by choice. And so when you play a game like that, that is reflective of those realities and to take that moment away, like, Drea wasn't calling anyone racist. She literally said, I'm going to be playing my idol, which literally had nothing to do with everyone else. And Marianne also took it upon herself to say, I can't vote that way. It wasn't, oh, because we're black, we should vote out a white person. It was like looking at the realities of the situations and breaking that constant cycle that we see all the time. And I think it was really unfair of Jonathan and other people on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever it may be, to not take the time to actually listen. People need to stop talking and start listening to other people's experiences. We've had the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, like the two, um, Drea and Marianne, are both Canadian Black women. And I've seen it firsthand. Like I've gone through racism at my university. And a lot of u.s play like u.s um people around the world even the movement became such a bigger thing and so when you come into that game you have to also bring the reality of that situation it's part of reality tv and the fact that people just want to erase that and act like everything's okay it's truly not yeah because at that point
1: at that point drea saying she using her idol didn't mean nothing to marianne drea just saying i'm not going to be that third but then Marianne mm-hmm. took it upon herself, Josie And that's why I say, like, you hit it right on the head by saying it like that. Like, at the end of the day, Drea was talking about her situation. Whether Marianne decides to do whatever to make sure she's not the third one either, that's on her. But for me, I'm playing my idol because I'm not sitting next to Chanel and Rockstar, period.
2: Yeah. And this is, I, I do want to say this. Everything you all have said so far has been absolutely beautiful and poignant, and I'm really glad that we have this group specifically together for this discussion. There was something so special about the solidarity between Drea and Marianne, but also with Chanel and Roxroy, who they can't talk in this moment because they're part of the jury and that's how the jury rules work. But the, the looks the the side eye the like nodding in solidarity the pride that they felt in their fellow competitors even when they're not in the game even though they can't speak on it or they can't you know contribute like with a vote or anything because they're officially out of the game as like players in contention for the million but the the like cross like I don't like cross-tribal line solidarity that was happening here with between the jury and Drea and Marianne. It was just, to me, that was a beautiful moment followed by the other beautiful moment of the episode where Drea and Marianne play their idols together in solidarity in part because Marianne uh, doesn't want to go home but also that she doesn't want to play an idol like or say that she got by on race and i think just them playing the idols together was a really touching moment for me and them doing it in sync with each other and we get we get a bit of it at the end so they made at the edit made the decision to air tori's parting words last uh, or they made the point to air tori's parting words right after she got voted out which is usually what happens in a double tribal But they held off on Rox Roy's words, and they had them them air it at the very end of the episode. So this is the last thing we hear in the episode. And he says, I'm extremely, extremely proud of Drea and Marianne. Survivor sometimes can be tough to understand because it's playing games, but it's serious in terms of social interactions. What baggage you come with, what we're sharing together, I have immense gratitude to have been a part of Survivor 42. I truly am. This was the best part of the episode to me was this solidarity between that four in a way that was beyond words. We didn't need words for this moment that if you are a fan like me who really loves those interactions, those social interactions and the, that really personable moment, that was what made the episode for me was that solidarity between those four.
4: And last, I just want to say, um, because uh, I don't know if you remember, like, shout out to Sean Rector and Vesepia. They did this event on RHAP. It was like a bunch of Black Survivor the players. The round are all
1: pro- yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> um, and a lot of that stuff that they did then kind of pertains to now. Um, You know, it's very interesting if you look at uh, Drea, Marianne, two people who were not on the same side. They were barely even speaking and stuff like that. They just, like, knew instantly they were like, uh, we got to get together. Like, this is weird. Um, I, I feel scared. I, I, I'm going to say this. Uh, I feel scared for future reality television personnel. Um, I'm seeing a little bit of, of this on big brother Canada. Um, and I, I'm, I'm scared to see the rest of these shows because I feel like the year 2021, like I said, had a lot of black power. And I feel like a lot of these other people are starting to get scared and just automatically assume just like Wendell and Jeremy, like you were saying that they're just like uh, instantly going to be working together. And I'm just like, ugh, I don't know what the future holds for it. But for right now in this episode, I, I was happy with it. And I liked, uh, I, I was glad also with Roxroy's, uh, ending uh, message that, that mm-hmm. you just brought up GF. Yeah.
2: I don't give survivor edit a lot of credit most of the time, but this was a very nice editing choice personally. And I, I think it was a good way to close out the episode I also agree with the choice at first I didn't I really hate when they do like the public vote like that except in kind of the extenuating circumstances where it feels like you have no choice but to do that but now that I think about it I do see the point of them doing the public vote because it just felt so wrong to go back to that game aspect after these speeches were shared did anyone feel differently?
5: Um, I honestly, I don't have a preference on the vote. Like, the vote's the vote. And Mm -hmm. usually people know where other people are going to align with. Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't really personally mind. I liked how Tori just came forward and said, I'm playing my shot in the dark. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think that made it even better. I think I like transparency and a little bit of, um, chaos. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I really, um, I think the, talk about just a little bit the edit. Um I think that it was important to air Roxoy's message. And you know, at the end of the day, to touch on what Isaiah was talking about of the future of black players, to be honest, regardless of if the cast is 50% diverse or not, biases will always happen, biases will always occur. Like it has, you know, it has really nothing to do with race. Like BB can nine aired before BB uh 23 before the cookout even happened and you know Latoya Jetson and Ty were talking about the fact that the house just automatically grouped them all together because they're black people because you know you know you people project when you see people who look like you you want to work with them and a lot of white players don't like to go out of their way and work with people that are different than them They don't like to step out of their comfort zone. Whereas a lot of people of color have to morph. We have to code switch. We have to adapt to um, the society standards and the privileges that are present in the game that whether people know it or not. And so regardless of these last few seasons, I think it makes it very clear. The honesty and reality of the world that we live in. So. You know, if Lance gets cast next season or if I get casted on Big Brother Canada or if you get casted for anything that you want to do, regardless of who's on the cast, we're going to have to adapt. And we have to use, you know, like Roxway said, the baggage that we come with, the baggage of our environment and everyone around you. And we just have to adapt. And, you know, when a black player does make it far like a Tyshawn, like an Xavier, whatever, you have to give credit because you, especially black people, you know that there's another level of gameplay, you know. Um, uh, we had a conversation, uh, about, um, Anthony from Big Brother Canada 7, uh, where he would whisper at people. He would go, he's like, I'm, he would whisper because he feels like if he even talks to you normally and he's straight to the point, it's going to look aggressive. He's a big guy. He knows what he looks Mm -hmm. like. He know how he can be perceived. So he has to, you know, lower himself. He has to whisper when he's speaking to people because he knows the reality of the game. So Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, um, I hope um, that people take this season and the message, and take it more positively, than use that against Black pay- players in the future, because all we are asking for is an equal chance to have a play the game that we all love. Um, and when people use that against us or don't take the time to understand why we feel that way, it's very frustrating. And so. Mm-hmm. You know it is what it is but you know black excellence is a thing and we always eat down and we always appear to persevere whether we want to or not and i'm very proud of the cast and every single black player that has been on tv who has had to fight um way more than other people will understand way more than surface level so yeah
1: yeah. And that's why we got to give credit where credit due to some of those formers, like the Earl Coles, the Vesepias, you know, even in, in big brother, like Monica um, season, two, season two, to like making it deep knowing that you're the only person like that. And it is, it, it's just, it, it really taught me knowing that like, I, it really touched me when Josiane brought up Anthony. Cause when I first heard him say that, I'm like me as a bigger stature guy, I know I have to come across bubbly fun because the moment I give you a little bit of sass, I'm just this rah, rah, mm-hmm. like, Oh, this big guy is talking down to me. So like it, it really, you know, over the years have, have morphed me into, you know, I, I run through scenarios of how we'll play the game or how we'll have to come across. And like, like Josian said, like, we just want a fair shot. Like I want to be able to walk in that house, no matter if I'm the only black guy or if it's eight of us in that house and still, be able to play the game that's in front of me and don't get criticized for working with the black people and also don't get criticized for wanting to vote them out. Because at the end of the day, I'm there to win. And is it we just all want that fair shot. Like I want to play the game. We want to play the game. And that's how we you know, being that this last year of reality TV has been black excellence heavy, um, you know, I, I kinda wanna counter that part of what Isaiah says it's gonna be hard for us black people. No, because we we're gonna know how to how to eat, elevate ourselves and know how to transform and continue to be Black excellence and continue to show why, no matter what obstacle you put forth in front of us, whether the first obstacle where I was the only Black person, to now me having eight of us, to showing that we get targeted because we're there, now show you that we can still eat down, eat down and be Black excellence, period. Well said. Amen
2: to that. Perfect. I know. I, I agree. I, I, believe, I believe in Black excellency, in reality tv and i think we will well i agree i i am worried for the future of black contestants but we have had an excellent year of black excellency in reality tv we've had so we are blessed to have so many black reality tv contestants to look up to past and present and we're going to get more and they're going to also be great and lance is going to be one of them josie's going to be another isaiah if you want to go on a show You're also able to go on a show. You look so annoyed with me suggesting that. But just listen, I'm going to work for CBS. So it's going to happen whether you like it or not. And so I cannot have asked for a better panel to be talking about these issues with, um, especially kind of in our future landscape of reality TV. But I have a lot of hope for not just for Black contestants, but for contestants of color from different walks of life and that. Will these diversity initiatives are for the better, and they're just the starting point for us going to a more equitable future of reality TV, which I know meant a lot to all of us, and will continue to mean a lot to people like us. I does anyone want to add anything before we get to the predictions and hot takes of this episode?
1: No, I think we move on mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, I just want to say thank you for letting us, like, spill our guts and yeah. see how we feel. This is GF the longest episode
2: sport. of I Don't Know About That. It, but it is also, prop, like, has so many incredible moments in it. And I think that there's a reason why it was so long is we have- It's, it's
1: because you got three chatterboxes on here. <laughs> like, if you watch any of our panelists' podcasts about Big Brother Can season 10, you'll be like, whoo. So listen
0: got the, we got like, a lot people
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: we got a lot to say this was a big episode and I'm glad that we put the time and love into it that needed to be put into it and it, I know that you all have love for the show as well and it's important that that love was transferred into this episode so I'm so excited about this um predictions so this preview that we get is a whole lot of nothing we get a very We get a very funny side smirk to the camera from Omar, and that is like the only thing I really remember about this, and some conspiring with Drea and Lindy, so that was pretty cool, but it's not a lot to really lead us to think about like anything that's really going to happen in the episode, but my prediction is that just based on everything that has been happening, I think we're going to lose one of the one of the men that are a little more in charge right now be- before pre episode 8 but i think it's going to be depending on how the immunity falls out either jonathan mike or high going this ep- this next episode
5: yeah i um i'm leaning more towards high leaving because um <clears throat> i do remember mike in the preview being like annoyed that high betrayed him and mike is easily able to get the votes um i think uh, you know, high doesn't benefit a lot of people's games anymore. He doesn't have Lydia. So people might be lenient towards voting him out. Um, I think with the blind sides and everything that's happened, you know, people are a little nervous um doing too much. I think. I think people will try to be more defensive now. So um I think I think it will be high time to go. I also want to point out that while Drea lost her immunity, she can still technically take mics. She knows that he has it, um, and she has the opportunity to say, hey, do you have an advantage, and take it from him. So I'm hoping that'll happen sooner than later, because I think that um, the men's alliance set up bad karma, and I think I don't think a man's winning this season at all, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Team Marianne, by the way, for anyone who's curious. I'm Team Marianne, and I'm Team Drea. And one of them will win. I'm seeing Isaiah's face, but when I'm right, because you know I usually am right. Look at a look at our BB cam draft. When I'm right at the end of this, you're going to have to, I'm going to give you a thought. I told you so. Yeah.
4: Um, we'll see. Um, I don't know. But uh, you want a hot take, Gia? I'm going to give you one right now. I'm not going to give you a hot take for this episode. I'm going to give it for the rest of the season, and I'm not happy to give this hot take. But I already, I already feel it. Mike is winning this season. That's all I gotta say. Okay, all right. Here, I ahead. have to put a pipe on. I don't that. care. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Look, <laughs> the, they let. I'm. I'm just saying. They let the full
1: slip through I'd every single it. crack possible. I'm just saying, and it's okay because so cool. he hasn't done nothing to make me dislike him. At the end of the day. Mike is not winning the game. I don't see, based on just the jury they have now, just three votes already. I don't see Mike winning this game. For me, um, I'll do the prediction that I, I'm on the Josie Ann train. High is definitely, to me, it's going to be a high, a high round, a high vote this round. I see Lindsay talking more with Drea, pulling in some Marianne and maybe, you know, moving and shaking because she, Lindsay is going to be the saving grace for Jonathan. I think Jonathan survives a couple more rounds because of the strength of Lindsay. And um, I see them eventually seeing Omar as such a big threat in the coming episodes. So for me, I see that that, that means that Marianne survives a couple more rounds. I see um, that's how Mike is going to continue to make it through those um, cracks. But for me, um, my winner prediction right now is hashtag Marianne like Marianne had such a trajectory? Like she never was in the driver's seat or controlling stuff. She was she she was being unauthentically her, and literally she's the first person to make me cry watching an episode of Survivor in a while. And when she spoke on herself episodes ago, I literally lost it. So for me, holds a special place in my heart. I see Drea... I'm, I'm happy Drea is making this far. I don't see Drea making it to final tribal councils, though, but I see Drea being a big advocate for someone like Marianne with Chanel being there, Rox already being there. If Marianne makes it to final tribal council, mark my words, no matter who she's against, no matter what type of game they play, Marianne is winning this game, period. I like the
2: sound of that. Absolutely.
1: Um, yeah, that does I like
2: make. I am wondering if uh, we we mentioned Drea using knowledge power to take Mike's idol, but what if uh, Drea and Lindsay's conspiring is uh, Drea taking the advantage amulet from high instead. And then that could be oh, like, and God then they God. just have to rely. They just have to rely on uh, Lindsay and um, Drea to play their advantages
1: together. Yeah, I've about that because if they, if one of them doesn't have it, it become it went from an extra vote to what now?
2: It goes um, from extra vote to steal a vote. I think technically it would be I don't know if if has stole an advantage amulet, I don't know if they'd count that as one person having it or what it are two people having it or two people it. having three pieces of it, because high's technically hmm. still in the game at that. But either way, like they have to this could either be an extra vote for them or a steal of vote, but either way, they're mm. taking something away from high. I'm Absolutely. telling y'all,
4: either Mike or Lindsay's winning this season. Like it's so obvious. Okay. At I feel it. Like, I hope I'm wrong. I want to see Marianne or Jay and win. I really do. Do you but okay?
5: I think this season has way too many parallels from 41 yeah. in terms of like Structure and like casting, yeah. and it wouldn't surprise me if history repeats itself with a woman, Canadian woman. Yes, I'm gonna keep rubbing it in <laughs> off. A Canadian woman winning again. You know, Miss Marianne is from the Toronto area, like Miss Erica, so you know, we got the sauce Ooh. or whatever. But, um, mm. what I wanted to say is that I do see Mike making it far, yeah, however, you know, I I'm trying to do a little bit of math, okay? Hypothetically, there would be That's what like nine, nine jury members. So yeah. there's three finalists. He's so losing
1: if, right now. If you count against anybody, none of them are yeah. going to vote for Mike.
5: That's what I'm saying. Like, if you do the math, there's like the majority would be five people voting, but it's divided mm-hmm. in three. So hypothetically, if each and every single member gets a vote in the final three, which usually happens unless you know it's uh, the third person unless is in the position yeah, um, odds are that the majority then becomes four. So with Chanel on the jury, with um, Roxway in the jury, with um, potentially like Drea or someone who worked closely with Marianne um, ending up being on the jury, I think they'll respect her game a lot more. Whereas Mike, eh, like, yeah, like his archetype wins a lot, but I do think that the odds are in Marianne's favor to win. I do see Mike going far Unfortunately, <clears throat> I also see Jonathan going far because the I I don't know what it is, but a big man who's doing challenges like this, like I would get him out Period. the first I got. But these people yes. are letting him like slide. Maybe also because he did some ridiculous things last okay, time. So, so let's I'm
1: say our saying, let's each say our final like final trouble count of three people. I'll go oh. first. Okay, so go ahead. So I will say mine is Marianne, Lindsay, and Mike weirdly i see mike making it to final tribal council um and Lindsay to me i think hasn't pissed off enough people but doesn't have enough votes to win where mm-hmm. where i just think uh, with them being the final three and the rest people jury i see marianne winning so with a lindsey second place because she's a woman i think she'll get votes
5: um i would say okay my ideal final three versus what will actually happen are very different I think Marianne in both situations, both what I think will happen and what I would like to happen. Mm-hmm. I think Omar has a good chance with like how he's been working and his edit so far as well. And I think Mike, those three of the three people, I think with what I've seen with the edit, um, maybe even Jonathan has a chance. I'm looking at the people who get a lot of confessionals who aren't usually in trouble. So those four players to me are the four people that stand out towards the end. I think Lindsay will be an easy vote near the end because people will not care as much. But those are like the four or five people I see at the end. Mm
2: -hmm. I think my ideal would be Marianne, Drea, and either Omar or Lindsay. I feel like I would be happy with either of them being in the final three I feel like that would be a really strong final three um what I think is gonna happen is oh, this is hard because hmm. see I want Marianne to win but I don't see how she wins if like someone like Lindsay is in the jury hmm, or is in uh the finalist uh, the final three with her um I'm gonna say I think we're getting uh Marianne Lindsay Mike Final Three. Let's do that.
5: I think overall the Orange Tribe. <clears throat> sorry. Oh my God. I think overall the Orange Tribe has the best shot of being at the end. Um, in addition to Mike. That's what I yeah. honestly think.
2: I would I I feel like we're getting too much of a good thing with Omar right now, even though it seems like realistically he's going to make it to it's the final same thing three I said. because he's yeah, be true. But I feel like I, it's almost like a Shan trajectory of like he's doing so well. What could possibly go wrong? And then just like it flip of a switch for them.
4: I don't know. I'm like, uh, yeah. I can either go based, So I mean, who I want to be in the end, Mary Andrea. I don't really care who that third person is straight up. That's why I want to be in the end. It is what
1: it is. I just um, see Andrea if she makes it and she wins. She has so much to talk about. So that's why I don't see Andrea yeah.
4: making it. Yeah, I got I Mike. I'm going to say Mike's going to be in there because I really, truly think he's probably winning, even though I don't want him to. Um, you know what? I think High's pissing enough people off where they're just going to let him get far and he loses. Um, so I'm going to go off of a crazy pill and say High. I don't really want to think. that. Yeah. That was
2: actually my hot take for this episode was that um, it's not really a hot take with this panel, but I feel like a lot of people are giving high praise for his game. And I think he's really playing a losing game at this point. I don't think, I think no matter who he sits next to in final three, he is not winning.
1: I see high winning against no formulation of the final.
2: Yeah.
1: Especially with how
2: the jury is going to stack up. Like even like, he is just blindsiding people and dismissing them for no reason I see, I see and then sending them about, to jury.
1: That's even how I feel about Romeo. Like, I don't see him winning against anyone. I feel like he just takes a spot. And
4: that third spot, I'm going to either give it to Omar or Mary. Uh, I'm going to either give it to Omar or Jaya. Um, I feel like they're both walking targets. But like Gia said earlier, there's a lot of, like, walking targets here. It's like, a lot of people playing really hard. A lot of people could honestly mm-hmm. win. Um, and I feel like at least one of those people are going to slip their way to the end somehow, some way. Um, so I'm just going to say Mike Mm high and either Jay or Omar, one of those two.
2: Yeah. I don't
4: think any like floaters are going to get there shockingly. Uh, I mean, there's not many floaters, but like Lindsay's just now getting attention, which is like, oh, wow. We might
2: "Eh." be getting some. I don't want to say easy votes, but there might be some like compromise votes as we yeah. get a little closer to the end. And there is a lot of power struggles in this season. So I could see someone like Romeo and Lindsay going in one of those comp- compromise votes. Yeah. Yeah. So. But everyone, we did something that I did not think was possible. We made it past the two hour mark to talk about an episode that was an hour long that was 45 minutes long with commercials and i am so happy that we all got to meet and discuss this in as much depth as we did this was incredible i cannot thank you all enough i said at the beginning i'm gonna keep thanking you and it's not gonna feel like enough but guess what i'm doing it again thank you all this was incredible And before we sign off for the night, Josie, where can people find you? And do you have anything you want to promote right now?
5: Yes. So y'all can find me at Josie on Um, I tweet all things reality TV. And I think I have really funny tweets, uh, especially during Survivor. So y'all should follow me there. And on Instagram, obviously I'm covering Big Brother Canada with the two other panelists that are here. You know, we have some... Uh, We just did an exit interview with J.C. Lynn, which was so fun. And we're going to keep doing exit interviews for the rest of the season, even potentially in another interview. And I'm working on, obviously, all things silent podcasts all the time. So just keep a lookout for that.
2: And thank you. And Lance, where can people find you? And do you have anything that you want to promote?
1: All right, guys. So y'all can find me at I am King Lance on Instagram, on Twitter. And if you want to check out my TikToks, you know, I post there, here and there. You can find me at I am King Lance underscore. You also can find me on Most Things Silent Podcast. I formerly did the total drama that we might have to revamp because I just recently started watching another season. Please? Um Yeah, because I was bored one day and, and got into it. So
2: Oh, my God. Yes. Please sign me up.
1: So that was like my first podcast with silent podcast so It was total drama. And you could catch me doing all the rest of the coverage of Big Brother can season 10 has been a very fun ride with my other two panelists along with um, the real slim Katie. But um, yeah, and there's so much more in the works for me with silent podcast. You got some new heat coming soon. So make sure you look out for me, follow me, hit me up. I talk, I, I i literally respond respond to everybody so i'm not a superstar yet maybe once i get on that level i might have to slow it down a little bit love y'all
2: thank you again and isaiah where can people find you and what would you like to promote
4: um first of all uh gia thank you for letting me come on i don't know about that it's you know you do a fantastic job over here and um keep keep up the good work um, uh, you can find me on all socials at eight ball bangers, literally the number eight, then ball bangers um you can find me over here like my other two uh panelists said talking about big brother canada just like the last week so uh we're getting to the finish line um you can also see me on recently i was on bryce isaiah's purple pants podcast where our monthly segment called the purple pants playlist we just talk about music and all that fun stuff and he was putting me on the saucy santana so go check that out <laughs> and um uh lastly you can um uh you can find me on rhap either talking about music big brother or whatever rob or anyone else has me up for um and yeah i mean there's plenty of other stuff but you know just check out the socials but yeah
2: and as always you can follow me on twitter at classically gia for all of my survivor shenanigans um and i always 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 recommend that people follow the survivor diversity campaign twitter page we have an amazing team over there and especially with this episode i feel like it's very important that if you aren't following them you definitely should to be keeping up with all Of the latest information on survivor and also on the diversity outcomes that have happened as a result of the hard work of our black survivor alums that's at serve diversity s-u-r-v diversity if you're not following it go do that now on silent podcast you can find me with this weekly coverage but also weekly coverage of top chef on quickfire queens and as always leave a five-star review this deserves a six-star review but leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts and spotify and all those other lovely podcast streaming sites go there leave us a review we're great silent podcast is great so just leave five stars on everything we deserve it so thank you all so much for joining me tonight on this incredibly important and special episode of i don't know about that i will see you next time where the final eight will become the final seven. This is our last episode before the dreaded doer dies. So before I become irrationally angry, now is the time to get on and uh, stream the I don't know about that. Thank you all so much and have a wonderful night.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
2: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps)